Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future. This is Season 7, Episode 2, and today is Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Happy New Year. We are happy to have you with us tonight. I'm your host, Paul LaPlaca, alongside our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She's also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. We can all be reached at radio show at ladyfontaine.com. If you're interested in personal readings, healings, or if you have any topics that you would like to hear on future shows, please email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for a show topic, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or a life coaching session with Lady Fontaine. If you'd like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give Mike, our call screener, your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. Tonight's topic is angels, and you can reach us at 319 319- Five two seven six two one six. That's three one nine five two seven six two one six. If you have any stories or questions about the subject, have you had any personal experiences with angels? You can call us at three one nine five two seven six two one six to tell us your stories. We would love to hear from you. Now, since we're doing video, for those of you who don't know James Elkin, he's our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. And, of course, our lovely psychic relationship expert and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the pretty one without a beard. Hey, that's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> James and I are not, not so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> if I you guess that's a, a matter show, of opinion. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure in prison we're pretty. <laughs> yeah. If you miss a show, you can find us at Eye on the Future Radio Show on YouTube or Facebook, or you can listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other podcast distributor. We've got a jam-packed show tonight, so please be patient. We'll do our best to get to every caller on the, on, every caller on the air to answer your questions. If you do call in, you will still be able to listen to the show while you're on hold. And before we get started, I just want to give everyone a gentle reminder that we can't help people with general questions. We would all love to know what the future holds for us, be it a relationship or a job. But in order for Lady Fontaine to tune into your specific situation, she needs specific information. Think of it like a phone number without an area code. A lot of people have the same number, but it's the area code that makes it a unique phone number. That little bit of extra information is very important, and so it goes with our show. We need to hear about a specific situation in your life in order to tune in to you. So please uh, give us stories from your life, a specific situation, or we may not be able to get you on the air. We can't help you unless it's a specific uh, situation. Lastly, for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe to be notified of our new shows and leave us comments. In order for us to do video streaming, we really need your help 
and liking and following us on all the various platforms. Now, since this show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah, you. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty oh, one. I was like, I was so engrossed in listening to your opening, thinking, gee, I don't remember writing a lot of that stuff in there. <laughs> but, gee, that was a great opening. And, and, you know, I do have a beard now, so we have to change the topic. And even our screener there, our uh, our phone screener, Mike, has a beard. So now all four <laughs> have beards. But in any event, before we start tonight's topic, I did want to mention some of the feedback that we got from the last show. And sometimes we get tremendous feedback. This time, since the last time all of us spoke, I even got more feedback from more callers, from more uh, listeners. So... Um, the majority of people, the topic in our last show was forgiveness. And the majority of people were very intrigued, Jim, with your take on, on forgiveness. And some people agreed. Some people were still confused by it. They weren't sure how it really fit in. But I think this, we had actually three people who wrote in with similar types of of scenarios and one she said I could use her name so I'm going to give her a plug her name is Marianne she she wrote me a very very long uh, email saying that um, she was having some issues with forgiveness regarding her one of her parents that had passed away and she did not see how letting go because she has no desire to let go or how any and she didn't have Obviously, she couldn't let them back in there in her life since they had already passed away. Um, so she didn't know how your interpretation of forgiveness applied to somebody who was no longer alive. And I had two other callers that had similar situations. And what, one was not a parent. One was a boyfriend. And the other was a spouse. That they were happily married. Everything was fine and dandy. They passed away. Um, and things come up, and they're work, trying to work through forgiving. Some of it is even forgiving them for passing away. I have one caller who is stuck, one uh, listener that was stuck on that anger, which is part of the grieving process. I mean, that's how I responded to her, and that's actually a good thing because anger is at the bottom end of, it sounded more like she was stuck in that place of not being able to forgive her her husband for dying. So how would your interpretation of forgiveness fit in, if at all? Well, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't in those cases because, uh, as I try to make a point of, forgiveness is uh, the act of, is, is the the whole process of bringing someone back into a relationship with you. So uh, for me, that would just be a, 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 a misunderstanding of the idea of letting go. Because letting go doesn't just mean letting go of the person. It means letting go of the feelings that you have or the, the anger or the frustrations or, or the, the sadness even. Um, not letting go, meaning don't destroy them, don't don't you know dissolve them right. or whatever you would do, but uh, <laughs> process them as you would for anybody that has left your life as someone who's moved on. They're no longer in your life, and these are no longer things you need to spend time on in your mind. And just you know allow them to flow and go. 
and move and, and go on to other things. All right. So we'll see if that helps because I think the person who wrote me, Marianne, who wrote me that very, very long email is kind uh-huh. of trying to figure out how to embrace it, but she felt um, resistance in uh-huh. not wanting to let go of anything that's, that's the regarding problem I'm sorry, a somebody lot of, who a passed lot of, away. Go a lot ahead, of letting, go. letting go means letting go of attachment to that person. See? So right. if someone dies and I'm angry at them, that's a form of attachment. I'm still holding on to that person and angry at them. And at, that, at some point I should be able to say, okay, I, I no longer have to hold on to that. You see? Yeah. They no longer hang on to the anger. So let go no of No longer have to hang on to that person and have anger towards them. Meaning I, you, I, you can't have anger towards someone that you're not holding, you're not attached to. I, I can so relate to that because I've had failed relationships in the past and my anger and I knew in my heart, my anger was all I had left. Yeah. And that's, that's why I was reluctant to give it up because I didn't have right. them. I didn't have mm. them anymore. I didn't have them in my life. I didn't have their love. Right. All I had left was my anger. And that was the only thing that tied me to them anymore. And I was reluctant to let go because it was all I had left. And well, did it, you it, let go? Did oh, you I let, let go, go yeah. of the anger? I did. Yep. Good. Uh, it, and it's, 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 it, it's important to see that that's what's going on. Then you can decide how to deal with it. You don't have yeah. to just say, "Oh, I'm being angry, so I better." You know, it means I'm still attached, so I got to let go. It's like there's a reason that you're still holding on, and there's something there, and you need to look into that in yourself. Yeah. A little meditation and journaling on that, to try and get a bigger picture as to how that's how that dynamic is working in you. Like, and you found out that you were that was it. That was all yeah. left of that relationship was my yeah. anger. <laughs> you're, you're breaking up. It's a little bit different. How did you let it go? Um, this is different than say what Marianne and a couple of other people had written about because this was a relationship where the person is still alive but chose to move on. Right. Um, but I'm curious, what, was, what were the steps that you took or how did you finally let go? For me, it was, it was just as easy as that. When I finally came to the realization, like Jim's saying, like yeah. you reflect just a little bit on yourself and, and why, why won't I let this go? And I asked myself the question and the answer was, because it's all that I have left of her is my anger. And I, I remember that real clearly. This was in college where I had a girlfriend that had left me. And for all intents and purposes, when a relationship ends, in a lot of ways, they are dead. They're, they're, they're yeah. you know, their absence in your life is, is a death. It's, there's, yeah. there's no way for you to have a relationship anymore. There is when a they don't grieving. Wanna. Right. Yeah. yeah. There is so a I, grieving had, I had to look at myself and say, well, why, why am I so resistant to let go? And it was because I didn't have anything else, you know? And then I finally was like, if that's all you have of the relationship that's left, Right. Is your anger at them, then right. that's that not a valuable thing to hold to. on to. Right. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Especially when the only person getting hurt is you. It's me. Exactly. And, and, right. And it's important to be patient with oneself in this regard. It isn't yeah. like you've got to snap your fingers and it's going to go away. Right. It's because there is something holding you there uh, and you need to go through the grieving process. I mean, geez, you know, when I give away something, I go through a grieving process. It's no longer in my room. Or my house, you know, it's no longer in my presence. There's a grief going on. It's right. letting go. So it's it's not just people, but uh, with people, there's usually emotions attached to that too, other emotions. 
I agree. Okay. I absolutely agree. Okay. So this topic too long, but I did because some of the uh, feedback that we got was very heartfelt and they were trying to figure out how to embrace um, Mm -hmm. your theory and your, your perspective of things. And I felt very um, drawn to share Marianne's experiences because I could relate to it in certain ways. I mean, when somebody passes on, you don't want to forget them, but you can't let them back in. But right. you and you want the attachment to the good memories, but mm-hmm. how do you deal with what whatever the anger is? So um, hopefully that was helpful to her. So in any event, tonight's topic is angels. So before thought, you go on, oh, I just ha- yeah. I have a thought because one of the other things that I had to come to terms with with my dealing with these uh, uh, lost relationships is there's one that I, I never got the answer to a bunch of questions I had for uh, this woman in my life. And I was never going to get these answers. She was never going to tell me what I wanted to hear. And I had to come to terms with the fact that the fact that I would never have closure was my closure, that it's never going to happen. You're not going to get those answers. So that's the, the end of that road. So I, I, in my mind, I always think, your closure is you're not going to have closure and that's right. it. So that helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. And I stopped worrying about that and how bad that felt that I, I didn't get the answers I, I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, I just had to say to myself, it's like, that, that's it. You're, mm-hmm. you're never going to get it. And that's, right. you know. and that's hard. That yeah. is hard, but that you have to do that. You have to go yeah. through that process of that's a typical example in my eyes of letting go letting yeah. that hurt and confusion and not not knowing i have a lot of people who call me um and and just are trying to get closure on relationships and truly what happened in my life and you there's no way to resolve it except close that door and and let it go yeah so there so i and i appreciate that um and, and closure isn't our right it's something is nice to have, but it's yeah. not our right. And so, you know, it's not an excuse for me to be, you know, continuing to push on people. If I get closure, it's a blessing, but it's not, a, it's not a, something that I, I, I'm, I, I have the right to have. Right. And out of curiosity, though, like if I'm walking away from something, I would try to give some explanation. I wouldn't just slam doors unless somebody was brutally disrespectful or something like that, then, you know, screw it. Who who needs to give any explanation? But under most circumstances, I would give some explanation. Would you not, Jim? Would you just close the door to someone else? Absolutely, I would. I mean, and Paul, it depends. I as you, you, as you said, it depends on how abusive the situation is. If it was abusive, I might, I might think about it, you know, better not to open that door in any way. I had a very interesting caller today. This is off topic, but it is about relationships. And I just, my first gut was I was trying to connect with the person's energy and I really told them to run. I just didn't feel good about it. And then in thinking about it after the call, I really felt it was the narcissistic person that they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious what you think. Um, this this woman, she's been a client for a very, very long time. Um, she met somebody well actually they had i don't remember how they met like 
I don't remember the first, they met a long time ago and well, like a year ago or something. And, um, you know, like for a while, the guy was coming on strong. Then he just kind of disappeared. Then he resurfaced and he acted like, I think they saw each other on match or plenty of fish or one of those dating sites. <laughs> he remembered the previous encounter. So she told oh. me. So in any event, she's saying, look, this is like not, not anything I want to deal with. And especially she said something like, I didn't realize I was that unmemorable or something. I said, that was classic. <laughs> I mean, that was classic. But bottom line is, I'm trying to remember all of what she said. Um, she, she's, she's a very warm, sentimental, caring woman. And I, I know that she is. I mean, I've worked with her for many, many years. And what she was explaining to me is they were just communicating in, you know, the app, one of those dating apps. Like they didn't, even though they had already exchanged phone numbers in real life, you mm. know, before that, um, right. that he didn't remember they were communicating on the app. So they were going back and forth and stuff. And she says that he, everything that she said, she was trying to open her heart and be genuine. And everything he started with, like trying to explain things and trying to like lessen the fact, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example and I don't remember the example she gave me, but you know, almost like she's saying, well, you know, I want somebody who I could share with and care with. And he's going, well, what makes you think that I'm not that or something like that? Or why are you oh. categorizing me and uh-huh. that, uh-huh. you know, whatever. And she said he was coming on very strong. And then she just tried to, again, explain um, whatever. And he came on again, very strong. And then she said, well, you know, um, you're not get, letting me have a voice and blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, I wish you luck in finding whatever it is that you're looking for. And he still had to come back with a mm. whammo. Um, and then she said she, she ended up blocking him. But at first, I just, even when she first started to tell me, she asked, all she said was the name, and I didn't feel good about it. I said, run, it just doesn't have a good energy. But when I started to think about it after our phone call, I really started feeling very much a narcissistic perspective. I just wanted your take on it to see if I've missed anything. Oh, uh, no, I what you, I you told nailed you. it. Yeah, you, I, I you nailed so it. Too. It's unusual, though, because usually narcissists won't come on with that kind of attitude. They usually come until on charming. Later. Right. Yes. But I'm wondering because she did bring up the fact that they knew each other from the past and he's he made every excuse like um i was going through a rough time and my daughter and my wife and my you know the wife died and you know all these other things um but you're right no that's why i wasn't sure because a narcissist is very charming and wants to marry you the first minute they meet you that's right Um, and they promise you the world and this Mm -hmm. guy was different but i still felt they're everything you're looking for so yes. if she's listing the things she wants, he would be turning around saying, oh, that's me. That's exactly who right, I am. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, that, but I did feel that narcissistic energy after, and I just wanted to ask your perspective. Paul, do you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I, I think uh, with, um, with that type of personality, and uh, if, if she was claiming that they had already had some contact, 
and he was, she was calling him out that maybe he was skipping to the next level of, mm. you know, uh, then he's going to start torturing you. Yeah. <laughs> even, because, even though you know, he's claiming he has no memory of it. Right. But may, maybe subconsciously he feels like he's been caught. So now he's lashing out and he's being defensive and, you know, using point. every avenue to try to strike a blow because he's lost her off the hook. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Right. And I think she wasn't, tremendously receptive because how if a man's saying uh, I, for I'm sorry I don't have any memory of this you know and <laughs> I would be very offended myself yeah I mean I really would I Definitely. To, you know and I thought her <laughs> line was was perfect in saying um you know I didn't realize that was that you know unmemorable or whatever right. her exact words were but I was just curious to get your input in that so, all right, are we ready to start with angels? Because I want we to talk are. a little bit. All right, I would like to talk a little bit about two of my guardian angels and then two of the angels that I personally have that work with me when I channel. And then um, I have another angel. Well, I'm not quite sure if I could call this person an angel. Um, I would say it's, a, it's an energy that's very connected to me that is watching over me. So I'm going to give it the, I'm going to use a quaint phrase of saying they're kind of like a guardian angel, but I believe in other lifetimes, this person is able to uh, reincarnate. I don't know if uh, maybe that's part of our conversation today, if, if angels are able to do that. But the two guardian angels that I have are Raziel and Haniel. And in previous shows, I, I have talked a little bit about Haniel. And um, Jim, you probably know more about this than I, or you, cause this, you know, all, all the Hebrew stuff in there. Oh, okay. um, do you remember where she fell in, where Haniel fell into that? But she actually... As far as history goes, Haniel is very, very powerful and very connected to the feminine side and love situations and mm-hmm. romance and relationships. But as far as in the um, tree of life or wherever, however it fits in with Kabbalah, do you have any mm-hmm. recollection of that? Not in particular. Haniel might be associated with the which because Han in Hebrew means pretty. Matachin means to oh. find someone to be attractive, and Tiferet is the the the, the surah of, of prettiness, of beauty. Oh, so, isn't that funny? I that she's, she's she's one of my arc, she's one of my guardian angels, Haniel. I didn't even realize that. Thank you, Haniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Raziel is the other one that is also my guardian angel, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit about him in a minute because there's. Uh, some very fascinating history, I think, of Raziel. But I want to talk about two of the angels that I have, and I don't know, again, I think they're more like the third one that I'm going to talk about, where they're attached to me in some way. I don't think they're an angel of, you know, like an archangel or any known angel. But one of the angels that works with me when I channel is Marfik, and the other one is Nikar. And they have been with me since I started to open myself up to channeling. They, they always talk to me through my right ear, and they're always there. I mean, whenever I'm 
channeling and, and acting as a medium and communicating with anyone who's passed over, I'm getting information from Marfik and Nakar. Now, they stepped forward to me. I always knew someone was there, but I didn't really know who they were. And through meditation and just allowing myself to connect to that energy, I was able to identify their names and and um, and also the spelling of their names because Nikar was very um, adamant that the spelling of his name is N-E-K-K-A-R. Now, does that have any special meaning, Jim? Um, these are both names that don't fall into my awareness, except for with working with you. I have no question okay. that, that they're valid names, but I just... Yeah, I, I could try and do a, a, a word search on them and see if I can find something related. Although the KK, the insistence on KK, that would really violate all the rules of, of, of Hebrew grammar. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think, it, it would sound to me it'd be like N-E-Q-A-R, Nakar, which might mean uh, something. Oh, all right. I, I tend to remember it again. Car. I've had them for 30 years or so. So I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember that was the spelling that I walked away with. And Marfic is that is the M-A-R-F-I-K, Marfic. And I do think that Mar means something in Hebrew or in angelic um, or Hebrew terms, doesn't it? Marfic? Mar. Mar, M-A-R. Oh, yeah, uh, Mar. It means ocean or sea. Oh. Um, ocean or sea. I remember many years ago when I was doing this show, I had a, um astrologer who was part of the show. You know, she was like on all the time giving some like a 10-minute prediction as far as what was coming up. And I remember on the air, she did my chart. <laughs> and when she said, when I told her where I was born, she was going, this has got to be a joke. And I said, it's not a joke. I said, this is where I was born. And I was born in Neptune. And yes. Neptune is the ocean, uh, right by the ocean. Anyhow, I mean, and isn't Neptune part of the ocean? Uh, Neptune is the god of the oceans. Yeah. So isn't that weird that Marfic, I didn't know that Mar meant ocean. There's a some sort of tie-in here that I think is very interesting. But in any event, the other um, angel that I have that traveled with me a lot, um, his name is Zacharias. Now, before he made himself known to me, I kept on getting these images like Zorro, you know, just a big Z. Remember how Zorro used to, with a sword, make the Z on your chest? He carried a Z on his chest. And I, I did not know what to do with it. And actually, there was a psychic that I was friendly with. You remember, she came to a party once in Staten Island or Brooklyn. I forget where, we, where I was at the time. Staten Island. Staten Island, yeah. And she said to me, who is Zacharias? And I go, I keep on seeing the Z. I mean... And between the two of us and what we were picking up, we put the picture together. So he's my true soulmate, and he chose to not incarnate in this particular lifetime. 
um, which leaves me kind of dangling. <laughs> uh-huh. That kind of explains everything. But um, he's he's in spirit. Um, but he's very like if I do get what I would almost say is immediate results. So if I need help with something, he whatever power he has, it's tremendous in my life. And if I turn something over to him and I let it go, I think that's the key to all communications with mm-hmm. spirit or angels or anything is once you turn it over to spirit, you have to let it go. If you're holding on to it, you're not truly letting it go. But we're going to talk about that later. So those are the three angels as far as Nikar and Marfik and Zarius that are not archangels. But my guardian angels, based on my birth date, are Raziel and Haniel. And I have close communication with both of them. And there are websites for those who are interested that you can get your guardian angels based on your birth dates. Jim, are you running something like that right now to find out who yours are? No, I was just looking up the word Zachariah in, in the Bible. Uh, sorry, in the in the internet because Zachariah, um, Zachar in Hebrew means to remember. Zacharias is is pretty easy Hebrew name, uh, and there's quite a few Zacharias in the in the uh, in in the Hebrew language. This is not an unusual name. Uh, it's also uh, I'm just trying to remember if it's if it's the name of any of the prophets or not because there's a lot of them, <laughs> um, and I'm not seeing any. Hang on. No, it's, there was a there's a rabbi Zacharias, but there was a, a famous uh, uh, Zechariah, which is probably the Greek form of Zacharias. Uh, and Zechariah was who? I remember that name. He was he was he was a uh, he uh, uh, was a, a one of the feature figures in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke. Okay. He uh, uh, ministered the altar of incense, and the, and the angel of the Lord appeared and announced to him that his wife would give birth to a son who he would name John. So John. John. Oh. Hmm. And that was uh, that was John the Baptist's father. Oh wow! So that was Zachariah. Zachariah, yeah, Zachariah. It would be pronounced in Hebrew Zacharia. today. Zachariah. 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 Yeah. Um, I just saw the Z and then the yeah. rest sort of no problem. formed. And I remember when, when, when I met her for the first time, do you remember her name? I don't. On oh, um, Sue something, Sue something. Don't Susan. remember her name. It's been so long. No. I, but I she remember, came to that Halloween party or something I had, right? Yeah, she, she did a reading on me. and uh, Oh, did she? What did she say? She said that my grandfather was hanging around me, and he was a carpenter. And at the time, I didn't really? know who, who my grandfather was on my father's side. I knew my grandfather on my mother's side was not a carpenter. He worked for a railroad. Um, but uh, uh, on on... Finding out much later, actually just last year, I found out who my grandfather was, and he was an elevator uh, serviceman. So oh, wow. She lost. She lost. <laughs> no, but there's still, uh, it's not a carpenter, but he worked no. with his hands and he fixed things. 
Yes, so I can true. see where, look, uh, what I always say to my clients, even though I know I'm very accurate with stuff, but what I always say is that this isn't like reading a dictionary. It's like you're taking bits of information that you either hear, see, feel, or just know. And we have to put it together into a story. So I could picture that if somebody is working, you know, with their um, hands or something, that she would make that interpretation of it, him being a carpenter. Um, so I'm not seeing that as a, a no-go. Like I have a friend of mine who I did a life coaching session, but it turned into a little bit of a psychic reading a week or two ago. And um, she's seeing someone who's pretty um, well-known in the entertainment field. And um, he's somewhere, and she said, he's saying so-and-so passed away. And she didn't believe it because there was no press on it. And I said, I feel no deception at all. Mm-hmm. I do not feel any deception in his energy. And then she just told me this week, she said, you were right. It's hit the press that they passed away and everything he told her was true, but there was absolutely no deception. I felt a hundred percent confident in telling her there was no deception, but um, you know, there's things that I tell people that, you know, sometimes I see it as a hit and they don't, I would see with hands. Did she say yeah. that, that he works with his hands and stuff? No, she said that he was a carpenter. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, like if I that said... I remember. Um, I don't remember. She might have said the other things, but I didn't hear that. I heard carpenter. I went, oh, Right, oh. right. Like and if I, I said he's a stockbroker and he turned out to be, uh, you know, a conductor on a railroad, I would yeah. say that was not a hit. There's no way right. I could tie that together. Right. But if I said he was a stockbroker and he turns out to be... Um, accountant. Yeah, or, you know, something else on Wall Street mm-hmm. or, you know, even even I could even tie it in if he even was an architect to the buildings on Wall Street. I mm-hmm. would say that would still give me the same feel energetically. It, it would. Okay. But in so any I, event, I have a question. I'm very interested in what you were talking about with the uh, the four angels that you're mentioning. How, did, do they identify themselves as angels or they just give you their names? and offer their services as a guide? How did you open up to these uh, spirits? Um, the Raziel and Haniel, um, they, years ago, there was uh, this, it was really strange. I mean, I, I signed up for this email thing many years ago, and I didn't even know what I was signing up for. And they you know, every day I would get an email from them. And one day I was having a really rough time. And I said, let me just see what this is. And it was a message from Raziel. And then I said, why am I getting a message from Raziel? And then I went to their website and you enter in your birth date and they tell you who your guardian angels are. Now I thought, are they just making this up? So there must be some formula or algorithm with this because I went to several other websites that tell you who your guardian angel is. And they all came up with Raziel and Haniel. So based on your birth date, there is some formula. So those were given to me. I just had that immediate connection. As soon as I heard her name, I said, whoa. And I didn't know the history or who, what she represented. I mean, Jim just told us the beauty and the this and that, because that's so much a part of my life. But um, 
I just connected with her energy. So I'm, it's very easy for me when I'm in need or not having a good day or something to lean into that Haniel's energy for support. And the same right. thing with Raziel. With Mark an, and – go ahead. Do you get an impression from them that um, they can take a physical form or are they strictly spiritual or interdimensional where they can't uh, have a corporeal form? I believe they could take a physical form, but I don't know that they could reincarnate into the human form. But I believe in, uh, um, you know, if, if something, I believe like if something happened and, and this miraculous thing happened and, and I felt rich, I would feel that somehow they either brought somebody or that that was them that somehow manifested into physical form. Right. I mean, have you ever seen photos? I've seen them online of accident scenarios, and you'll literally see an angel above it. Um, yes. And then the person walks away, and they're totally okay. Yeah, you I know, have without, seen those. Right. Um, I would say in that situation, that's sort of like it's not a, absolutely a physical manifestation, but it's um, it's some connection but i think they can take physical form i just don't think that they can or would they want to incarnate into physical into a physical lifetime that would yeah be i'm not imminent. sure that's possible right because they're from judeo-christian um teachings i've come up with they're they're a uh, cut above us in terms of right. their development oh, so yeah, i don't think they can inhabit a, a body like our our spirits do. I don't, I don't know for sure, but that's my impression is they're, yeah. they're above let's, us. And let's go, they, yeah, they let's, pass. Go back, let's go back to Lot. Remember Lot in the Bible? Yes. Okay. And uh, the story of Lot, the, he lives in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. Amorah in Hebrew. Amorah. Uh, and in Sodom and Gomorrah, they're doing all these awful things. And he's the guy living there. He was the righteous man. And two angels came to visit him. And the people of the village or the towns came and surrounded his house and said, we want to uh, have sex with these guys. Uh, so they have, they in the Bible? Physical, yes, it's in the Bible. Oh, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were clearly physical. And they were walking around and doing everything like physical people and talking and everything and appearing. Even the people uh, from the town could see them and report on them and want to be intimate with them. I think they can take physical form, but I don't think that they incarnate and live a full lifetime on this earth. Probably not. They won't do that. But I do do agree. Well, I mean, who am I to dispute the Bible? But I do agree with with that concept that I think they have the ability. I don't necessarily think that they want to. But as far as Marfik and Nakar, they... I knew there was something there. I mean, I used to hear these voices that would sort of give me information. And then I felt a very safe and secure feeling. And I actually got to the point where I wouldn't channel unless I felt that they were there. They were always in the background. And slowly they started to step forward. And when I was very actively, when I first started really understanding my own abilities to do this, um, and I, I, I developed it even further, um, I wouldn't. I I would not do anything unless they were present. I mean, they were like my grounding force, and they were also my protection. What's your um, communication with them like? Can you 
ask them questions about their existence and what they are, or is it more of a one-way street coming in towards you? How do you converse with That's them? That's interesting. That's a great question. Um, actually, I've never really thought about sitting down and having a dialogue with them. Usually, they're just feeding me information. And sometimes I'll say, um, okay, Marfic is doing this, or Nakar is doing that or they're, they're actually giving me the information. It has come to such a point that close friends of mine, if, if I'm doing channeling with them, they could actually feel the wings surrounding them of my angels. Wow. They could feel it. I've had many people say that I could feel the wings of your angels surrounding me. So um, I've never thought to really ask them, but that um, I have a feeling if I did ask them, they would give me answers. So... I would, I would like be fascinated to know like more about them. Like if they are, if they're part of this dimension, can they cross over to like a parallel space? Like, or are they strictly here? Um, you know, what, what all that stuff means is really interesting. I will um, do some communication with them. I mean, they're always there. Like they do answer questions, but I've never thought to ask those kinds of questions. Usually I'm asking questions about, whoever I'm channeling for, right. you know, and things that are related to that. And um, even my mother used to come through a lot that I would feel her in the background also. So she certainly was, it was in human form, um, but she's taken on the role of being sort of instrumental in my ability to be able to channel and feel safe and secure, you know, that I'm not drawing in any negative energy. And then the, la- the last um, entity that we talked about, Zacharias, he, he's my true soulmate. Maybe he's a twin flame. I don't know. But I, the information I've gotten is that that is my true soulmate. And he chose not to incarnate. And I chose to incarnate in a particular lifetime. So I believe that there are experiences that I needed to have for my spiritual development without having him either as a support or as a partner. Um, so or maybe he, he was more he, useful to you in spirit for your development. Maybe, maybe. he could help you more outside. Um, and I do rely, like I say, when I, I don't easily turn things over to him because I'm such a control freak. Um, so when I get to my breaking point and I do turn things over to him, I tend to get very quick results and there's never any doubt. I know it's in his hands and I trust that. And I think that's the key to manifesting anything or to doing any any work with angels is once you turn it over to them, you have to release it and let it go. Otherwise you're still controlling it. You're not going to be able to bring it into your life or manifest it. So right. I would say Zacharias, for me, my Zacharias is a, is a human, I believe, um, who watches over me that I consider to be part of my guardian angels, though he's, I believe, because unless I'm an angel and I doubt it, oh, do I doubt it? <laughs> do I really doubt it? Um, but, you know, You're I... <laughs> So now I'll bless more. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to turn myself off. You guys talk. Right. You we, talk about. We have talk a, a lot of callers. We should take. Right. We should take a call. We have a lot of right, people calling in today. Okay. 
We have All one that right, looks really? like looks like there's somebody here who has a, a real angel item. So I got oh, a five out of five on hear this about one. this. Okay, go ahead. Hang on, Sherry, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Hi. Hey, how are you? How are you guys? Good. 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 Tell, how tell are us you? Your angel story. Yeah. All right. This is my angel story in regards to my son, Justin, my first son. Um, yes. He died in, in um, Daytona at, during bike week. He was killed in a mid-air collision. And because it was bike week and there was a lot of activity in Daytona, everybody, everybody knew about this accident. It was off of Flagler Pier, Flagler Beach, and uh, both planes went down in flames. And so um, my family, uh, a lot of my family came to um, to Daytona, and there was one night then we were out eating dinner, and my entire family somehow, some way, ended up disappearing, and I don't know where they went, but I was sitting there at this table by myself, and there were about five other family members who just weren't there. Maybe they went to the restroom. I don't know, but they, I was by myself. And this man comes down, and he sits right beside me to my left, and he starts talking to me. And I can't remember the conversation, but I remember being very comforted. And so we talked quite a while, and then he was getting ready to leave, and I said, well, what is your name? In case everybody came back, I wanted to introduce him. And he got up, he looked at me, and he said, I'm an angel, and walked away. (gasps) Oh, my God, Sherry, I have the chills. It was Can you, now, let me give you some let me let me give you some um advice draw okay. on that energy draw on that comforting energy like i talked before the way i lean into haniel lean into this yeah. angel's energy he's there to comfort you because you still struggle at times and oh, who yeah. won yeah. who won i mean she lost her son he was 24 years old yeah I mean, it was, was, uh, it was horrible. It, it was. It was. It was beyond <laughs> devastating. But he he was in human form. But I will never ever forget how he just turned around Ooh, and he looked at I me. I still have the chills. An, and he walked I still, away. It was. Just I still incredible. have the chills. So nobody else saw him or interacted with no, him, but you, right? No one else saw him. Nope. No one else saw him. And they came back, and I was just sitting there like, um, you won't believe what just happened. But I have another how, angel story. But how did you feel when he got up and left? Oh, very much at peace, just peace, just comforted. I want you to draw on that that energy. I really do. I want you to lean into that. Remember that. That was there for you. That was big. I that will. was monumental. It was, it was profound. It really was. It, was it really is. Um, what's your other angel story? Then I'm going to ask you also to, I don't remember if we've talked about this on the air or not, um, but I want, I want to ask you to relay a little bit about the first time I channeled for you regarding Justin. Oh, I, I didn't even know what I was doing or who he was. Yeah. What, I didn't know anything about him. We had just met. I, while we're on the subject, I, I was I was going to talk about that too. I just I didn't want to take up a whole lot of time, but while we're now that you brought that up, I wanted to bring that up and uh, a little later. But yeah, the, the the I I was I you blew me away, Jill. You absolutely blew me away. 
I never had seen had we we had never met before. Right. And we went over to your house, and you said you were going to do a a a reading for me for Justin from Justin. And now, did I, I remember that, that he died? I don't even remember what I knew. I didn't know much about anything. You didn't know anything other than he was dead. That's all, all right. you knew. Didn't know when. I think you knew his name, but you didn't know anything else. Nothing. You had no information. And we did it that way on purpose. We did that deliberately. Right. So you would. You I told Mike I did not want to know anything. I didn't ask right. any questions, exactly. and Mike did not tell me anything. Yeah. And so that morning, I talked to you and on the phone, and you said, I'm getting all kinds of information already. So when we got there, sat down, the very first thing you said to me. I remember what I said, yeah. that he was underwater. Was he, I see him in the water. Was right. he a scuba diver? That's what I said, exactly. Uh, my response was, you have no idea what you just said. The second thing you said was, was he a skydiver? I see him in the sky, and I see oh wings. Oh you God. said that to me. Oh and the story, God. for those who don't know what happened, he was involved in a mid-air collision. He was flying a Piper Cherokee, and a twin engine came up behind him who was not supposed to be flying at 600 feet. They were supposed to be at 3,000 feet. There's some indication that this was a deliberate thing for whatever reason, but this twin engine flew into the back of my son's Piper Cherokee, and both planes went down into the ocean. And everybody on board, on, my son had three passengers on board. The other, the twin engine had, had two people on board, and they all died. But... Um, when she said, I, I see him in the ocean, she didn't say on the ocean. She said in the I saw water. him underwater. In I thought he was a scuba diver. I saw him underwater, going all underwater. around underwater. So I figured he must have been images, but we don't get the whole picture. So I thought he, I saw him underwater and he wasn't coming up. So I figured he must be yeah. a scuba diver. That was my interpretation yeah. of him being underwater. Because otherwise he, he he would have been dead. And I didn't think that I was picking up his death at that moment. I thought I was just picking up a tidbit of valuable information. And it was, but I didn't realize how valuable it was. Well, he was actually in the water in the ocean for 10 days. And he, uh, he came up on New Smoke Beach 10 days later. So he was in the ocean for 10 days. And the, the, when you said you saw him flying through the sky like a skydiver, I know you're talking, but I can't hear you. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything. I'm having an emotional oh, okay, response. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I saw, you, I saw your hands moving. So um, when you said that you saw him flying through the sky, he was flying at 600 feet elevation, and he was hit. And he, uh, he apparently... Uh-oh, we lost you, Sherry. Oh, wait. Say that again. Huh? I, we lost you for a second. Say it, that again. It, it was, he died instantly. And based on when he came up on New Smyrna Beach and his injuries, there's no way that he could have survived further than instant. And mm-hmm. so you saw him flying through the sky, through the air, from the plane, and then you saw the wings of the plane. You saw all of that. You saw mm-hmm. all of that not knowing Anything I didn't know about anything. him. Nothing. I know. 
That was pretty, and I didn't know why you were having such a response to what I was saying. I'm <laughs> saying, is he a scuba diver? You know, I see him underwater. I mean, I didn't, that's giving, I mean, you really had an emotional response. Um, very, yeah. very emotional. I mean, that, and then when right. you said, when you said, was he a skydiver? It was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Flying through the air like a skydiver. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm really having an emotional response remembering that. But what I want, yeah. what, what I also want you to share, if you don't mind, is the message that once I understood what was going on, um, the message that he gave you through me. Do you remember the he message? Said, oh, yeah. He said to you that he wants me to, he, he basically said, Life is for the living. Live your life and be happy. I'm happy. I'm joyous. I'm full of love. Just live your life and be happy. And 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 that was that was. There were times when I would be driving in the car and I would be pounding the steering wheel and crying and and so mad and so angry. And and he would say, "Mom, I'm okay. I'm all, And he'd be sitting right beside me. "Mom, I'm okay. I'm happy." With his big smile. And that's how he wants me to be. He said, he has told me over and over and over again, and you've told me over and over again, that this is what he wants for me. Be happy. Live your life to the fullest. And, and, and one other sense. thing that I've shared with you, and this is not through him, it's through the knowledge that I have, is nobody goes before their time. And I believe True. that we all buy into like a contract before we come into this world. It's not just chaotic or co coincidental. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe he had a purpose of coming in. And I believe your job, as difficult as it is, is to learn, gain, and grow from the horrific experience that you've, you've gone through. You may not remember this, or I may not have even shared this with you, but when he was about two months old, and I was sitting in his, in you, his you in the nursery rocking him. Yes. Okay. And I, I am not Catholic, but I had a vision of the mother of Jesus, Mary, in the corner of the room. And she said to me, not in words, but in thought transference, you are going to lose your son as well. He will be 24 or 25 years old. You will lose your son. And I knew that. I knew it from that day forward. I never mentioned it to anybody because I didn't want to give it any energy. And when right. he died at 24, it was like, I knew it. I knew. Right. I knew that he, he was not going to live beyond 24, 25 years old. I was told that when he was two months I old. I know. I know. And I do believe that that was his destiny. I don't believe it was. It was. You know. It was. Um, it was. It was, unfortunately, and there is something for you to gain from it. They're playing music, so they want us to move on because we do have a lot of callers. Stick around, though. Right. We might bring you on later on, all right? Uh, well, I just have uh, one more Darren Angel story, but oh, later. Oh, go on, just go on. Are you sure? I'll make it really, yeah. really quick. Okay, real go quick. Ahead. Real quick. Uh, February of 27th, uh, my second son. All right, so I've lost my first son. My second son, Darren, was shot in Miami. He was shot first in the liver. He turned around 180 degrees to protect his 8-year-old daughter who had a bullet go through right by her head and, her and blew up the bottom of her earring. And then the, the shooter shot my son 
in the back a T12. He had a bullet a T12. I at, from that from that I just, all I did was was wrap him in a cocoon of white angel wings. Angels are very tall, very very big and white, and I just saw him totally wrapped in a cocoon of white angel wings healing. This these angel wings were healing him. And now he is he has survived two um, he also got sepsis and just about died from sepsis. Two out of every 100 people that get sepsis die. He survived that. He beat death twice in four months, and he is walking, even though he had a bullet in his in his vertebrae in, in the spinal cord at T12. He's walking. Yeah, if you get shot in T12, most likely you're going to be paraplegic. You're going to be uh, uh, paralyzed from the legs down. Oh, yeah, T12, yeah. T12 controls all of the... Uh, the, the nerves into the legs. So if that yeah. nerve is damaged, you're not going to be able to walk. And I've right. seen <laughs> videos of him walking, and I've mm-hmm. seen pictures of him out in restaurants with his daughter and his wife. You yeah. did well, Sherry. You did. Thanks. Well, I <laughs> helped for, her somewhat with the, thanks for coming the on. angels and stuff. Thank, Thank you, you, Sherry. Thank you. I'm so long. No, no, Thank stay you. around okay. just in case, okay. you know, we want to bring you back on later. Good to hear from okay. you. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Okay. I mean, those her the, those things are pretty profound. Yeah. Those experiences, and I do feel for her um, tapping well, uh, into that angel energy that visited her after her son's death is important. Yeah, there's there's a a verse I forget where it is in in the New Testament that says that. Uh, that some people have have entertained angels unawares, meaning that they do, they weren't aware that they were actually right. in the presence of angels. So those kind of stories, who knows? We all may have them and not even know it. I believe you're right on that. Okay. I really do. That's why I'm curious. I'm very curious when Paul gets back on to understand why he thought that they couldn't take physical form. What was your feeling behind that? I know you said it had to do with the Judeo. Um, Judeo-Christian beliefs, but my my memory, you know, growing up, uh, that they were uh, somehow in spirit, and mm-hmm. while they appeared to you, um, they might not be uh, a physical body. That's just my. I could be wrong. That's just my memory growing up Catholic was that angels be. angels weren't something you could touch. That they were, you know, ethereal. I think they're in spirit. They're not, but I do think they have the ability because of all these types of stories. Do you think a man sitting next to her, not knowing she's mourning the death of her son and comforts her and then walks away and says, I'm an angel. I mean, I, that's pretty amazing. That yeah. is. Yeah. And, and I also, you know, it comes to the idea of incarnation. Uh, if I see somebody talk with them and they act and, and everything is as if they were physical, even if they're not, even if it's an illusion to me, to me, it's physical, you know? Right, exactly. So, so but we don't know what it is in reality <laughs> because we're all right. just energy anyhow. Right. And this is all an illusion. So, if they make footprints in the sand or like in the snow up there, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, behind <laughs> they're, you. They're, they're, they're acting awfully physical and probably physical enough for me to say, yeah, they're physical. But I get what you're saying. It could be that they were, you know, and a, 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 a reflection, if you will, uh, of, of the physical and not necessarily literally in atoms and molecules and things like that, like we are. 
cells. And we don't know. That's the thing. And I, I don't know sandwich. that we will know. <laughs> but I will talk to Marfik and Nakar and see if I can get any insight. And we could talk about it next week. Yeah, be, but, yeah really interesting. Yeah. I will do some work with them. You want to take another caller? Then, Jim, I'd like you to give just a little bit of a history on, on you know, Raziel and the um, archangels and stuff. And then I also how you connect with them. Um, and there's many different ways. I do it through meditation and dialogue and prayer. But there are many different techniques, and I want to talk about some of them. But okay. um, do you want to pick a caller and see okay. who we've got? Um, here's someone who's been waiting a long time. Let's see what this is. Who, who, who this is. Mary? Yes, I'm still here. Thank you. Hi, Mary. Thank you for waiting. How are you? Yes. Good evening to both of you. Hi. Uh, all three of us. You were talking about the angels. I was thinking about uh, the healing I sent to my cat with Raphael and Gabriel when she's not feeling that great or when I want her to eat and she's not. And it seems like shortly after I put my hands over her and talked to her in a low voice and tell her that Raphael's coming in, shortly after that she seems very content and her tail goes and pretty soon she goes right to her food and she eats and then she goes and lays down and seems very comforted by it. So oh, there's I something that's to awesome. it. Yes, so Mary, that's awesome. Yes, that's awesome. started doing it. How, how, how come you called? What, you have a question that you would like to ask? Is there yes, some kind the of story? for my call yeah. uh, is my own, own personal health. I've been dealing with a long-standing health issue, and um, I have done all the right things as far as follow-ups and specialists, and uh, I've also gone holistic and had some Reiki and so forth, so I've tried <clears throat> more than one modality. And uh, it appears that a lot of the treatments, that my body is becoming resistant to it. And um, I'm just wondering if you see any of these issues clearing up or finding uh, somebody new or what you see going on and if there will be some resolution. All right. I'm just zooming in on your energy. While I'm doing that, can you share with us the only reason why I'm asking that you're comfortable with is Jim has a medical background, a holistic medical background, and I'm wondering if while I'm reading your energy, if he comes up with anything. So you said after to be, you wanted her to be more specific, right? Because you kind of cut out there a second. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta get That's the okay. table you told me about. Yeah, I kind of cut out. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I was just asking me if you can give me more details. Right. Well, I've had urinary issues that are resistant to the traditional forms of medication and treatments. And uh, also, uh, I have some pre-existing stomach issues, but um, none of the things I've tried or, or the suggestions or the tests. And I've had uh, tests to be to rule out some other um, issues to make sure there's nothing, you know, real serious, right. at least from what they tell me. And um, I've tried a lot of holistic medicine as well and a lot of supplemental medicine. But um, it seems like whatever I'm taking, my body's resistant to the... Do you have any back pain? No. No back pain? No back pain. All right. I'm going to say a few things, Jim, what I'm picking up, and then then, because Jim has... uh, 
a holistic background, a background in holistic medicine. So that's why I wanted him, wanted some more specifics so that maybe he could help you. But every time you say your body is my body. You're cutting out a little bit. To do with this, um, I lost you there a few minutes. You cut out. I'm, I Every know. Time. I don't know what's, what. It's okay, just keep going. Just keep going. All right. So, so every time that Mary mentions that her body is resistant, I get a like a like like the weight of the world on my shoulders, and I'm feeling like it's collapsing on top of me. Feeling. Um, so that leads me to feel that, I mean, psychology tells us that, that there is a mind-body connection, but I believe right now you're addressing all of the physical parts of what's broken or needs to get fixed in you. And I'm feeling such a strong physical reaction in your body to these illnesses and these issues that you're dealing with. Want to ask you is just right now, if you will, just take a minute to just zoom in on your body, shift your awareness internal, and just allow yourself to feel your body for a minute and tell me what you feel, if anything. You know, yeah, so positive, negative, or neutral. Where? Where yeah. do you have pain? Well, it's it's in the lower extremities. It it moves around, but it's definitely. Urinary related. That's part of it. There could be more. Is it? Do you feel achy pain? Do you feel sharp pain? What? It, what exactly are you feeling? Constant gnawing pain. It's a constant gnawing pain. Constantly running to the bathroom, gnawing pain. Um, frequent uh, infections. They clear up for a while and they come back. Um. All right. I still feel that there's there's work you do. When you first, when I first heard your voice, I felt something like you're saying the lower part of your body. I'm feeling physically a drain down to your legs. Literally, I don't know if you're aware of it or you could feel it, but I feel it's like it almost feels like clomping around with 20, 20 pound weights on the bottom of your shoes. Um, are you aware of that at all? Like, do you feel that? Well, it's harder for me to walk. I wouldn't say specifically I have leg problems, but it's harder for me to walk. Do you have any right. edema, leg edema? Oh, maybe no, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. No. Um, no. But maybe that's what, like I was talking before about my interpretation of things. It feels like you know, she can't walk well, and, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what, what she's saying. I'm not right. sure how that's tying in, but I do feel in your energy almost like, um, you know, I feel a genuine desire to get well, and I do feel you've looked at and tried everything. I, I There's resistance going on inside of your body that, where are you mm-hmm. located? Are you, in the, are you in New York? I'm in South Florida. Oh, you're. In, I didn't even look at the um, where you were calling from. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I really would like to, you to find a practitioner that works with a mind body connection. But from a medical perspective, well, I have a, I have a lot of 
I, I belong to a lot of spiritual groups, not as much since the pandemic, but I was affiliated for many years with, um, you know, the, the mind-body kind of, you know, approach, Reiki and all that. I've been through it's all that. It's deeper than that. It's not you relying on somebody else to manipulate the energy. It's I've got to get you in touch with working with your own body and your own energy. And I feel that's going to help because truly it's what I feel heaviness and resistance and um, it, it, it interprets as resistance no matter how I look at it um, a resistance there's something there that you there's a spiritual and an emotional lesson here and gift for you that you need to find so it's not so much the Reiki where someone else is doing it it's like Tim and I do a lot of internal uh, inner child work and working with the body um, in in the way we work with people, as well as being able to release it from an emotional standpoint. But there is something in there, and ironically, it has nothing to do with the areas that are um, being affected. It's somewhere else in your body that you need to do that releasing work. And I kind of feel it's in the heart chakra area that I feel it in the heart chakra and the throat chakra most particularly but it's my guides are all saying you need to do the work. It's not just Reiki or you know, someone else. It's you participating in the actual healing process and you getting the awarenesses. Um, but on the plus side, from a medical perspective, I do feel you are going to come across either a new modality or there's going to be some something new that's coming out that to me feels like it's laser related or some external energy source that is going to, um, it almost, the, the visual I'm getting is almost like an MRI kind of thing, like a round kind of thing surrounding you, but that has some, I'm wondering, um, far infrared, I don't know. That's working with the lights and everything. Um, far, far infrared is a is a type of infrared that penetrates deep into the body, um, usually used for muscular things. Uh, oh, okay. Instead of, yeah. I don't know. It just came to me, but it, what I'm visualizing is sort of that looks like an MRI, and you go into it, but it looked like it was light or energy. Related, So there may be some breakthroughs or some new techniques that are coming out that will affect you. But to me, it doesn't feel like it's like five years down the road. I feel it's this year. There's going to be some, some new way to work with lasers or some type of technology like that that can either break down the resistance of antibiotics or whatever meds that you're on that aren't responding or that will actually zap away and resolve the issue that you're having. So I do see 2022 for you being actually a pretty good year. But in order to not recreate it for yourself, I would like to see you do that um, internal emotional work. Don't rely on other people to find the answers for you. Find them within yourself. That takes right from my guides, that message. I also do some um, emotional um, release tapping. The tapping oh, method. Is, do you use which? Do you use which? Which just sort my of fingers. tapping? Yeah, which just tapping? Just the fingers do you use? with the tapping. 
even though I have this problem, whatever it is, and tapping in the specific acupressure locations, I learned that from a workshop. Yeah, no, I'm certified in thought field therapy. I was just trying to figure out which which tapping you're using. Emotional, Um, EFT it's called, EFT, emotional. Okay, that's pretty powerful stuff. That is pretty powerful yeah. stuff. And you allow yourself with to shoulder issues and things. And do you allow yourself to really feel the the the, the physical pain yes. when you're doing the tapping? Good. Keep on doing I, that, but I, I still there's that awareness piece that feels like it's important. There's a message in this for you that's extremely powerful. Before we go, Jim, did you have anything you wanted to add from a medical standpoint? No, that's sampling? good for me. That's okay. good for me. I, I just All right, Mary, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Mary. Good luck to you. Check okay. in with bye us bye. and let us know how you're doing. Gentlemen, will do. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Okay. Well, you haven't done a medical reading in a long time. I know, and actually, I, you were going to do the medical readings for me. <laughs> well, I was I was getting started, but I, I would need to go into deeper detail because some of the materials that she brought up, I, you know, I'd have to know about the the urinary problem and, and a lot of details about, you know, her physical processes that might not be com- she might not be comfortable about reviewing right. with me on the air. Right. Right. So I figured it was better to let you do what you do which is probably no, more and, powerful and more, more important. And actually the throat chakra and the heart chakra feel blocked in, in her, and I just feel that needs mm-hmm. some work. So actually, Mary, if you're still listening, when you're doing the tapping, focus on your heart chakra and your you throat just chakra. Up. When you're doing the tapping, carry on. Uh, uh, focus on your heart chakra and your throat chakra. Um, and see if that also starts to shift anything in you, in how you feel. But I feel you'll 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 make some emotional breakthroughs by doing that. Okay. I'm definitely going to have to work on this problem. This is new though. We've never had this problem before with my mic. Yeah, we could we could talk about it after the show. And I'll, I'll okay, I'm just getting an, um, this name. Would you like me to introduce Raziel at this time? Would you please? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, the holy book, which is the the whole uh, sorry the Zohar, which is the holy book of the mystical branch of Judaism called Kabbalah, says that Raziel is an angel, is the angel in charge of Chokmah. Chokmah is the the the, the sphere, the, the the area of wisdom on the on the tree of life. So they're talking about the highest the highest uh, level uh, on, on wow. the tree of life. So Raziel is at the top. Well, Keter, the Keter top is the... A very high, but the, the, there's a triangle of, of spheres on the top of the tree of life. Uh, yes. Chokmah, Bina, and Keter. Chokmah uh, is wisdom, Bina is knowledge, and Keter is crown. So, oh. it's the, so he's it's the, the wisdom part. Yeah, he's on the wisdom okay. side. Wow. So Raziel is credited as writing the Sefer Raziel Hamalach, which means the book of Raziel, the, the, the angel. Uh, a book that claims to explain divine secrets uh, about both celestial and earthly knowledge. The Jewish tradition says that Raziel stood so close to God's throne that he could hear everything God said. Then Raziel wrote God's secret insights about the universe down in the Sefer, Sefer uh, Raziel Hamalach. And then he began, he began the book by stating, blessed are the wise by the mysteries coming from the wisdom. Uh, some of the insights that Raziel included in the book are, that creative energy begins with thoughts in the spiritual realm and then leads to words and actions in the physical realm. 
That's how a, would we interpret that? If we were, oh. if this was a show on manifesting, how do you think we would interpret that I would, into I action? Think, I think he's talking about the matrix, meaning the matrix is, is a word that's used a lot with uh, 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 occult groups that are doing practical magic. And so the matrix is where you create the, the connections between yourself and, and some idea or something, some object. And, and establish a relationship between yourself and it, and then it becomes a physical reality by going through the, the down the layers of, of, of the, the tree of life to become a manifestation in the physical. So that's how it hits me. Energy begins with thoughts in the spiritual realm and then leads to words and actions in the physical realm. So the way I'm reading that, because typically when I'm manifesting, I make that very strong suggest, suggestion just like I did with what we were talking about earlier when we turn it over to spirit is to let it go. But here are still words and actions that we need well, to do. Now, like, doesn't mean, doesn't mean necessarily your words and actions. But to some degree, like I'll say to clients, sometimes people want to manifest a relationship. Well, if they mm-hmm. sit home and do absolutely nothing about that, just watch TV or mm-hmm. something like that, and don't make any effort or any change. What are the what are the possibilities that Mr. Wright or Ms. Wright is going to appear and knock at your door? It could happen. Your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, somebody could move, and your next door neighbor could end up being Mr. or Ms. Wright. I mean, it can happen, but typically that would mean that put yourself out there, do something that would then open a door to be able to draw in but that's, experiences. That's that's what the thoughts are. Explain that. What do you mean that well, that's what the thoughts your, are? Your thoughts, your thoughts in the spiritual realm. So you're creating ideas. You're connecting mentally with this thing. And then that leads to words and actions in the physical realm. That's not talking about you necessarily. In fact, in the physical realm could mean anything and anybody. So the thoughts are the action, are the are the action, the the, the magical part, and the rest uh, of it is there's, right. There's no doubt about it. So again, if this was a show on manifesting, and I hate to sort of sidetrack on this, one thing that I teach is it's not so much like everybody wants the the big house, the the boat, the car, and stuff like that. It's not focusing on those physical things it's focusing on how that would make you feel that and usually it boils down to a sense of uh, security or comfort or peace or happiness those are the the essence of what all that represents rather than visualizing yourself in that big house that to me it's more important how you feel when you're in that big house and what does that offer to you Yes, immersing yourself in the emotional response you would have with the attaining of whatever whatever you're building in the matrix. That's 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 uh, the key. That helps to empower it. It isn't necessary, but it it helps to empower it. Means it makes it stronger. You know what I mean? See, for me, it's necessary. For me personally, some people some people don't have to go there. Some people can actually just do it by by seeing it, or maybe maybe because they're visualizing something that. Uh, would lead to an outcome that they feel good about. That's a different story, but right. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, it's but, right. Did yeah, you want to? They, they don't. They, I I think this is a teaching that's hidden 
meaning that there's a lot of explanation. I was going to say, where can I get that book? Yes. Well, even if you read the book, book. you might not understand it because a lot of these books aren't intended to be read and therefore, and then practiced. They're to be interpreted and taught. This is what he means by this. And this is what he means by this. So those are like, these are like mnemonic devices. They're just things to help you remember what your teacher taught you when you were, when you were uh, working with them. Because this is not a, a how-to book. This is a, 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 a syllabus. Right. This is more of a, um, a conceptual kind of yeah. thing. But I still would want to read the book. I, since oh, Raziel yeah. is my uh, guardian angel, I'll see where we can get the book. I'd like to read it. Go Paul, for it. Paul, what were you You're doing? You're laughing. Nothing. I would love a copy of it myself. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is. Did you want to go on or you want to take another sure. caller? According no, to legend. Our... Oh, okay. Raziel gave Adam and Eve. The... According to legend, Raziel gave Adam and Eve the Sefer Raziel Hamalach. We're going to call this the SRH because it's a lot of words after they were expelled from the Garden of Eden as punishment for eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Other angels were upset that he did that. However, so they cast the book into the ocean. So you oh, can't really get it unless again. you can guide it to see that, you know, scuba dive. But maybe I could channel it somehow. Eventually the book washed ashore and the prophet Enoch found it and added some of his own knowledge before he was transformed into the archangel Metatron. Uh, I've mentioned Razel, him before. Yes, you did. Uh, Raziel uh, Hamalach then passed on to the archangel Raphael, Noah, and King Solomon, according to legend. <gasps> so the, the King Targum, Solomon? Yeah. Shlomo Uh The Targum uh, of Ecclesiastes, which is a commentary, uh, it says in chapter 10, verse 20, that Raziel announced divine secrets orally in ancient times as well. Each day, the angel Raziel uh, would make proclamations on Mount Korob from heaven of the secrets of men to all that dwell upon the earth, and his voice resounded throughout the world. And that's that. That's profound. That is profound. You could see why I, there's no way I could have gotten through that myself. <laughs> I had a tough no time on way. my own. I, I, I don't read Hebrew and English very well. It's, it's a little weird. Do you read Hebrew and Hebrew? Do you oh, actually yeah, read Hebrew? Wow, of course life. he says. Uh, of course. I mean, like I'm, we all know. We all I'm, read I'm Hebrew. the guy, if I'm interested in something, I learn the language. I'm learning Tibetan right now. Oh, wow. are you? There you are. <laughs> well, I know you know because sometimes when I would channel, I would say words in Sanskrit. I wouldn't even know what I was saying. And Jim would say, oh, that's Sanskrit. You yeah. remember that? I wouldn't even know what I was saying. But in any event, I know we have a lot of callers, so let's get back on the switchboard okay. and see who's waiting to hear from or who we're waiting so, to hear from. We've got uh, Lisa's been on for a while. Let's let's talk to Lisa. Lisa, are you there? Hello. 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 Welcome. Hi. Welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm fine. Hey, you know, you had that other caller on that was talking about her um, her son? Uh-huh. Yeah. In the past, sure. of her son? Yes. Well, I had, and this is my experience. My son has been gone. <clears throat> he passed. It'll be six years this June. And he was an adult when he passed. And he, 
I became a big-time meditator in the middle 80s. And when I was in meditation, uh, a voice that I've only heard twice in my life, that this time that I'm talking about, and then years later, and uh, for another thing, it's something different. And so at the first time I heard the voice, I was in meditation, and the voice said, your son is going to die. And he was nine years old at the time, and he was very healthy. And I was so flipped out when I got that um, message. I was embracing manifestation, new age, and I, I had manifested some tremendous things. So anyway, in my flipped out state, I went to a pastor who since crossed over. He was a pastor of a new age church. And I was telling him about it, and he said, don't pay any attention to that. That's fine. And I had him do, he was supposed to be very accurate, and I had him do a number of readings over a period of time for me because I was concerned about, you know, I wanted to do what was right for my sons that I was raising by myself. And so my son did pass. My son did pass. And some of the readings, and, and he was always healthy, some of the readings that I'd had from that pastor, I remember, uh, especially at the time that my son passed, and afterwards, where the pastor was feeding me information in some of the readings. He didn't want to come out and say it, and he was telling me stuff, and so now I connect the dots. And there's just no way, you know, I've gone to a lot of grief counseling, and one of the grief counselors said at one point to me, um, you know, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. You know, death and taxes. And so, anyway, when she was talking, I thought, well, I didn't have exactly that experience that she was talking about, but I had a kind of a similar uh, experience in the way of getting a message. And yeah. I, I don't know sorry. if they thought that message was going to be helpful to me in dealing with it. I have no idea. But anyway. That's what it was. But I uh, called it, it, because it did I, what it was supposed to do. <laughs> Whatever that is, we don't necessarily yeah. know, but it did what it was supposed to do. Right. Wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I had a question about something else. I had mm-hmm. a question about. Um, I have been very careful about COVID. I haven't had COVID. I take. Uh, I have all my meetings by Zoom, and I don't hang out the way I used to hang out with groups prior to COVID. But I relocated recently, and I've just become so antsy, and I've busted out. And now this week I've just started signing myself up to different things where they're kind of like in group group settings. One is a pottery studio. Out of many things I do, one is a pottery. I'm a potter. And so I'm going in back into the pottery studio, and the other thing is going to have people come over and look at this place that I live and give me an estimate on some work I want done, so there'll be people here. And then I'm going to start meeting with another person in her office once a week. So I'm, I'm now, and then I'm picking up my little grandson this weekend, and he's going to come spend time with me. I haven't seen him at all through the holidays or anything because it's COVID-related. His mom had COVID. And, there were icy roads I couldn't drive on, but I, I just don't want to get sick. I used to get pneumonia every year, and I haven't had pneumonia for about five years, and I certainly haven't had COVID, and I've gotten all the shots, and I wear a mask 
I'm just wondering, you know, if you pick up anything as far as um, me putting myself out there. I'm just so tired of isolation. I'm so sick of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do a lot of one-on-one stuff, you know, go out by myself to the park and whatever. But um, I think a lot of people are feeling what you're feeling, Lisa. Thank you. Right. You say, well, and I, I, I actually feel that um, the then and and this is not just psychic. This is what I feel in general that the negative ramifications of all this isolation is making all of us worse. And what what did we learn when we were kids growing up? That part of what builds our resistance is exposure. To I know right now in the political realm, they don't talk about herd immunity or natural immunity, but in reality, you know, all the hand sanitizers and the this and the that. I mean, prior to COVID, we're hearing that that stuff is actually causing more detriment to us because our body isn't able to build up that resistance. So I actually feel, um, could I guarantee you that you won't get pneumonia since you're prone to it? And so am I. But I do feel from a psychic perspective that your emotional state is going to be better. See, what you're projecting right now is a lot of fear and hesitation. And fear is the most powerful manifester in the entire world. And the things that we fear the most are the things that we manifest. So I feel with you starting to sort of step out a little bit and building your comfort level, um, you are going to be shedding some of that fear that I feel not only surrounds you, I feel right now it clenches you, that you are so clenched up. I don't know if you could physically feel it in your body, but I certainly do. It's like, you know, you're, you're in this constant clenched up mode. So in order for you to actually be healthier, I feel going out and starting to live your life, And I believe that's going to start helping you. The words that my guides are using is shed some of that clenched up feeling. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I'm okay. And could I guarantee you that you're not going to get Omicron or some variant that comes out in the future? I can't guarantee that. But I feel you're going to be okay. That I, I don't want to guarantee it, but I feel very strongly that regardless of what happens, you would be okay. But this experience of you starting to go out feels very positive in the big picture of things for you. Um, You know, we all have our personal viewpoints and um, on things, and I do believe that you have to, you know, follow what feels right for you. Um, But I I do feel that you you starting to spread your wings a little bit, which I think is pretty appropriate to today's topic, um, is going to be very beneficial for you. And actually, if God forbid you got some variant of this, I feel you it would be strengthening your immunity. I mean, you know, even the CDC and WHO is coming up with natural immunity is stronger and better than... um, you know, than than the vaccinations, but um, you know, you sound like you're pretty protected in 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 what you've done. There's plenty of breakthrough cases out there, but I I feel you will be okay. I don't I wouldn't want to see you do a 180 and suddenly you know go out without any protection and go around sticking your tongue down some stranger's mouth. 
you know, that you don't know and, you know, stuff like that. But do it cautiously and carefully. Build up your inner strength. See, what I feel this pandemic has done to many people, including you, and what it certainly did to me and probably all of us at the beginning, was it kept us in fear. And shed that fear, and you're going to let in the light, and that light is what's going to guide you and protect you. So um, I feel you're headed in the right. Yeah. You're headed in the right direction. You don't know what. Sticking my tongue down a stranger's throat sounds pretty enticing <laughs> right now. I did that as <laughs> okay, can we can we get example. it? Can we form a line? <laughs> I did that as an extreme example because most likely, I mean, when you go up to a stranger on the street, oh, <laughs> you know, stick your tongue down your throat, but <laughs> that was an extreme example. But thank you, Paul, <laughs> to me, that would be. Thank you, thank you so much, thank you. Okay, all right, bye-bye. good luck to you. Take care. Bye. All right, bye bye. All right, who else do we have tonight? We have Carrie. I think you'll find this an interesting call. Okay. Carrie, you there? Carrie? Hello? Maybe they're muted. Maybe you're muted, Carrie. Can you try that? Otherwise, we'll go back to them after. Okay, we'll, we'll come back. So we have 26 minutes left. All right, so we'll, we and we have a, how many callers? We have a lot of callers, right? Um, um, I just want to make sure I don't go over people that we've already gone over. Uh, one, two. Yeah, we have a we have still a, a, a few more. All right. What do you want to do? Do you have stuff that you wanted to talk about? Because I kind of myself, you know, yeah, about angels. No, go and ahead. I, I, think did... you, I think it's, I think you have a good stuff here. Let's let's cover the uh, the points that you are most critical in making, and give that ten minutes or so, and we'll see about another caller. All right. So I think we talked about angels. I know that they exist. I I have many that I work with. Um, I think the key issue is that most people say to me is, how do I communicate with them? How do I connect with them? And what we actually suggest as a starting point is pretty much what I did not with the ones that I, I have for my channeling, but there are many websites out there that will tell you based on your birth date who your guardian angel is. I think that's the starting point. And at that point, People don't, a lot of people don't realize that the best way to communicate is to talk. Just start opening and sharing. Sometimes, like when I started with Haniel, I was very intrigued because I felt it. I felt her energy. I mean, more so than Raziel. It took me about a year to even connect with Raziel. I was so focused on Haniel. Um, so it's read about them get the essence of who they are and what they represent and, and embrace that. And like I said before, learn how to lean into that energy. And that's just like if you have a friend or a partner or anybody around you that is strong and they're not, be, just rely on them, lean into that energy. And in doing that, what you're doing is letting it in. And that's the key. I mean, all of us, I believe, 
sort of walk around with armor on so that we protect ourselves from people, from stuff, from negative energy. And when you're working with an angel, you have to allow yourself to be receptive. And if you don't know how to do that, what I would actually suggest is imagine that you're opening a door or, um, you know, somehow turning a knob, which will open a part of you up. Or um, what I do is I let in the light from my crown chakra. And when I'm doing that in any sort of meditative type of um, exercise, I first start out with some sort of prayer or connection to spirit and create some sort of circle of light and protection around me. And I and no darkness can exist in light. It just can't. So when you're allowing light into your body or into your, the essence of who you are, or your soul connection, you're connecting with spirit. The thing to remember is that angels are spirit. And we're all not just here in a physical body. We have an emotional body. We have a spiritual body. So in essence, we just allow ourselves to open up and connect. Now, I have many clients that do connection with their angels through angel cards or journaling. And whatever works. I mean, there's a million different ways of doing it. There's um, another technique that, um, is similar to what we used to do in 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 um, doing any sort of blessings or or spiritual work or or Wicca is set up a, an altar and have pictures or anything that represents angels that you're working with. For instance, Raziel, they say um, his colors are the colors of the rainbow. So if I was to set up an altar for Raziel, I might have a painting or a poster or something of a rainbow and then some actual statues or images of Raziel and whatever scents or whatever are either associated with that particular angel or that you feel work with that angel. For instance, with Haniel, since she she represents beauty and femininity and things of that nature. I wouldn't use black, the color black, when I would use leather, you know, I would use roses or lace or things that would represent a softer energy. Because in essence, when you're building an altar, it's energy that matters. And it's that response that you have to the altar. And you could call it an altar, you can call it a display table, whatever works for you. They think that the main things in, in learning how to connect with your angels are if you, you know, we're blessed with having the internet. So there's, there's many, many prayers and meditations and you can go on YouTube for various meditations um, uh, for the angel that you're trying to connect with. And I would say, again, if you don't know where to start or you don't know what angel you want to connect with, Start doing some research on angels. See what feels right for you. Or minimally, go to any of the websites out there that make a determination by some algorithm. And it must be something like astrology because they all ask for your birthday. Mm-hmm. So there must be some reigning angels that reign over certain signs or certain birth configurations or something like that. Um, and that's a starting point and start with them. 
What I'm really big on is gratitude. So I heard people getting a gratitude notebook. And, um, and again, it's a form of journaling. It's like being able to write down every single day a, um, a list of, I try to say, go at least for three things, even if they're simple things. I'm grateful that I woke up in the morning. I'm grateful that I'm having this great breakfast. If you don't have big things to be grateful for, start noticing the small things in your life. Try not to take things for granted. The same thing when you're working with any of the angels or any spirit, any essence from spirit, or even if you're putting out a request for prayer, I think one of the most important things is to notice what's coming in and be grateful for it. So for me, great gratitude ties in so closely with working with anything from spirit because I feel the more things that you're grateful for, the more things that spirit's going to bring into your life. And whatever we want to call angels, if they are spiritual beings and they manifest into human form, they are spirit. And we have the ability, we're, we're spiritual beings in a physical body, so we have the ability to connect. And I think one of the most powerful ways to connect is through meditation. And when I go, you know, I I think there's different, like, ideas of what meditation is. I think meditation is very powerful, even if you just do breath work, if you just follow the natural rhythm of your breathing, and that's all you do. You don't have to do anything else. I mean, that's a way to to get clarity in both your, your head and your body, and it's almost like you synchronize. I feel like it's almost synchronistic breathing with the universe um you know you kind of connect in a way but i think well jim could talk probably better about meditation i think meditation is nothingness but a way to get to that nothingness is to follow that natural rhythm of your breath and every single time a thought comes in don't try to push it away or um you know be aggressive with the thought we're all human we're all going to have thoughts kind of pass by just be aware of it and let it drift away but jim is there anything else that you could say about um meditation and then the only other thing that i want to talk about before we take some more calls is um, music because i think some harps and different um instruments are angelic i just think they are For me, okay. they are. Anyhow, yeah, I hear I a heart, and I connect with any. I connect with any angel anywhere. But go ahead, well, talk a little bit about meditation or connecting. Meditation, uh, or connecting with spirit. In, How would you in, guide somebody? In uh, South Asian culture, like India or uh, like Hinduism in India or or uh, uh, Tibetan culture, and a lot of the other meditative groups in that area. Um, they'll use uh, what they would call devas, which is a god, as a form of med- as, a, as an object of meditation. So they'll use a statue. Like D-E-V-A? D-E-V as in Victor A. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, one of Destiny's daughters was named Eva after. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so deva, deva is, is how it's often pronounced. Um, and it's also, by the way, it's a cognate with the English word devil. It's related to Are it. you kidding? No, I'm not kidding I at all. I never knew that. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's possibly a, a sign of the fact that both of these words descended directly from an Indo-European language called Proto-Indo-European. It's a, it's, a, it's a created language that was done by taking all the cognates between the two languages and similarities and composing what the language must have been that they both came from because it has all, that language would have all those parts in it. Uh, so it's called a proto-language because it doesn't really exist, but it's just a reconstructed language. I used to do a lot of work in historical linguistics, and uh, so we, we would work on this kind of stuff. So anyway, um, deva and devil are related, uh, possibly because the devils were the people, you know, were the other side of the yin and yang of that culture and why they split up and went in totally different directions. Could be. I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, so the, the the meditation on these on these on these statues a lot of times is to try and establish a relationship or an interaction with them, and it's always uh, either someone who's passed or it's someone who has uh, 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 who never came into physical. So uh, we would call those possibly angels. A lot of people translate the word, for example, the dakini. The literal Tibetan word means sky goer or dance sky dancer. Or something along that line. Someone who goes okay. to the sky or, 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 or dances in it. Uh, that would be often translated. Like yes, I have often an angel. translated in, into English as angel, and, and then it's of course been attacked as being a really improper translation because that being has nothing to do with this being. Uh, Dakinis are sometimes very uh, uh, aggressive and powerful and and hostile beings. They don't like wow. people getting in their way. Uh, but the ones that, that are uh, that are supporting you are very powerful in the same way, only you know, protecting you in that in that regard, in that way. So um, if you're looking for protection or if you're looking for help in different kinds of things, you would bring a deity and and meditate and and on their on their statue and and enter into a conversation with them about how you would like to, you know, see your life change or things. But isn't that prayer that's higher than prayer? It's it's not prayer because I'm not sitting here saying, oh, God, I want your help. It's here. It's saying, how are you? Here, have some food. You know, it's really good to see you. Look at the beautiful day. You know, here's, here's what's going on in my life, and here's what I would like. It's a real interaction. It's a back and forth between yourself and the deity. It's, and you get to that point by... Breath work or meditation. That's, that's um, how it always it starts, yeah. You right. Meditation or different rituals, um, all kinds of different ways that you can do. You can even do physical poses if you want to, like asanas, like yoga. Um, right. Uh, but, uh, but the idea is to get your, your mind into a place where you can focus on and be centered into the statue in front of you, meditating on it, and then uh, go into a whole a whole place where you're actually conversing with the being behind the statue. It's not that you're praying to the statue. It's that you're talking to the um, uh, the power behind that statue that the yes. statue represents. Yes. And that's even when I communicate with my with my guides or or guardian angels, I feel like I'm dialoguing with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. sharing and and explaining things. But I am usually asking for help, <laughs> unless and they're helping me when I'm doing a reading. What's really kind of amazing to me is that when I find myself doing this, 
uh, and I ask a question, I always get an answer. It doesn't always make sense. It's not always, you know, it's not like right. <clears throat> it's not like the same voice in my head is talking to myself when I'm talking to myself silently. It's right. A, I understand. It's another, it's another yes. place and another voice. I understand. And and it's always like, oh yeah, I should have known that. <laughs> but I remember a episode of Star Trek that um, I don't remember what the the medical was. They were working on some alien being, and that knowledge from the alien being actually came to him. And he goes, oh, "Why didn't I realize that before?" Yeah, it's, it's so like easy. So it's obvious. Child's play. Yeah, I remember right. that one. But it's funny. right, but it's <laughs> it what it's not part of what we learn in yeah. traditional science or medicine. It's the same way because those are what I call aha moments. Yeah. You know, and that, that to me is purely being synchronistic or spiritual. Can so, we try Carrie again? We'll, we could try her again, and then if she's not there, we'll move on. Okay. To whoever else is on the phone. Because we have, what, only about 10 minutes. Hello? Carrie, are you there? Hello? Hello, Carrie. Hi. Sorry about that. It cut out a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Welcome to the show. Um, Thank I, you for I, taking my call. Our screener seems to think that you have a, 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 a that Lady Fontaine may have a, a message for you. Well, I, I do really have a question. Um, I, I was led here tonight. I checked my email, and I'm I've never listened. I'm a first time caller to your show, but um, I got an email from Blog Talk showing shows that were on, and yours was one of them. And I had a Reiki session earlier this evening, so I just felt led here. When I tuned in, you were talking about a topic. Um, that I recently had have in my past. Um, I believe it was regarding a narcissistic person. I think that's what I picked uh, up on. <laughs> oh, yeah. You did a show on narcissists. You might want to go so back and listen to it. Yeah, so I know I was here for a reason, and I put my right. hand up. <laughs> so I'm open to anything. Um, but, yeah, I recently relocated, and you know, I'm just sort of going through different transitions. Um, but I, I figured I should check in. I also picked up on skydiving to one of your conversations because I did that this summer. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you should be here. Neat. Yeah. All right. So um, we don't usually do general questions on the air. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. So specific. Um, if you give me an area to focus on, then if there is a, a pertinent message, like when you said, um, well, you just recently relocated, I actually felt yeah. pretty good about that. It it has a nice feel to it. So give me it give is. me some it's, area yeah. to because it's like trying to while we're on the air we have limited amount of time and I it's like trying to read a dictionary in five seconds flat. Right. Well, I, I did recently relocate and it doesn't feel bad, um, but I'm definitely I don't know if it'll be my forever home. For instance, um, just just different things here and there definitely a little isolated more than I'm used to. So um, I'm hoping to maybe it's, I'm also renting. So I'm hoping to also maybe purchase a home come next fall, a little bit closer to where I'm from. And, and you very likely may do that. Um, I actually see opportunities that um, may not be open or present or your radar at this point. Um, even in when you said it's, you know, more remote or whatever the words were that you used, um, actually yeah. felt safe. And it actually felt 
that they're that it's going to be very rewarding and that there will be gifts in this for you. So I would say just okay. like you felt you were tuning in for a reason to this show, I would say absolutely understand that there's a reason why you are mm. you you are exactly where you are and trust that process. I don't want you shutting okay. down any doors and I don't want you closing any doors. Because I think that you sort of have a preconceived notion and what you're starting to do is live in the future instead of living in the Mm -hmm. moment. And the moment is now, and this is the moment of power. So don't lose this moment um, because there is a gift in here in this experience for you. You moved here for a reason. And I do feel Mm -hmm. actually, like I said, opportunities and doors opening for you. I feel you're exactly in the right place. You're exactly where you should be at this point. Will you move on to something that is more aligned with what you want? I feel what you want is going to change in Mm -hmm. the period from now till next year or whenever it is that you plan or hope to actually move into a house. But to me, Mm -hmm. honestly, Carrie, there's a lot of good stuff going on here. Don't miss the moment. There's doors that are about to open for you. I feel uh, both on a social perspective as well as I don't even want to say career. I want to say financial. So I'm, I don't know if that means anything to you at this point, but there are so, doors yeah. that are about to open up for you. Thank you. I needed to hear that because I was sort of getting a little down in the dumps about the choice I made. <laughs> I moved here about now, two months No, you're ago. exactly where you should be. I think it's that it's not, it doesn't have the, the stimulation like, you know, that you're used yeah. to. And that is making you feel very alone and isolated. But if you mm-hmm. sort of indulge in that, that isolation, you're going to find the gift. And uh, then you're going to see how doors open for you. Well, that's great. That's exactly why I called in then. <laughs> well, that was your like message. Good. <laughs> All right, you thank you for calling. Keep us posted. I All right, will. take thank care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, we have time to do one more caller, at least. Okay. Um, we, we have uh, Donna here. Let's talk to Donna. Oh, thank you. Hello, Donna. How are you? Great, thanks. Just relaxing. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, I have a question. Hi, Lady Fontaine. I have a question. Um, I um, looked after this man named Pete. He's blind, and I've looked after him for like four years, and um, just three hours, three hours a day for four hours a week, you know. But um, he had mentioned that he was going to leave me in his will. Was he just saying that? Because I had a friend tell me that, and, oh, I put so much time and energy into him and all, and then it didn't happen. Will this happen with him? What's his name? His name is Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I feel a lot of what he's saying is just words, but I do feel a very strong potential that he will leave you something. He may not leave you his entire inheritance, but I feel when he says it, he says it out of gratitude. It's his way of saying thank you. Um, to you. It's sort of like a, a, a form of gratitude and appreciation for you. But yeah, here, Christmas gave me 500, so that was sweet. You know. Yeah, which I think is pretty nice. But I do feel that there's a very strong potential that you will get something. 
you know, again, I don't, yeah. I would be surprised if he ends up leaving everything that he, he owns to you. But I do feel deep oh, gratitude. Oh, no, there's a, there's a, there's another friend. She's a woman. She's been, they've been friends for 10 years and that's it. You know, just her and I. Right. And very so well I do believe no you kids, will get, no I, I do believe you will get something. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to split it in half. I kind of feel there's um, some level of planning that he does in his brain, but it comes through with, it comes through that when he says it, he says it out of gratitude and to let you know that he appreciates you. But it also comes through with authenticity. So my gut feeling is you will receive something in his will. But what I'd like you to do, what I'd like you to do Uh is don't hold on to that because you'll squeeze the energy out of it with wanting and waiting and all this other stuff. Trust it. Just trust it and go more with the premise. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, exactly. it's like, you know, because we don't realize yeah. that when we do, and I talk about this a lot on the show, but when we start holding on to something, we squeeze the energy out of it and we end up making it, it either gets delayed or we, we stop it. We prevent it from happening. So just, Trust the process. You didn't have it before. You have the potential of having it now. Yeah, yeah. But I believe you will get something. Oh, good. That's nice. It's just something to look forward to later. (laughs) Yeah, but live Uh in the moment. I mean, you know, be there and do it for, do the work that you're you're doing and watching over him for, from whatever that goodness of your heart is. Oh, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I enjoy him. And we're, yeah, right. I really care for him a lot, you know, as a person. Yeah. And make sure yeah. you deliver that message. I think that's important for him to know that. That's right. That's right. Oh, yes, I tell him. <laughs> yeah, I do. Good. You know, good. Uh, to make him feel good and stuff. Thank yeah. you, Carla. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. All right, Have thank you. Evening. You Bye-bye. too. So that's about all the time we have tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, any any the, thoughts on what we talked about, Paul? Yeah, I think uh, we. Uh, I, I definitely want to hear more about the, um, the the specifics on some of these uh, entities and spirits, and whether or not they are uh, able to take physical form, or whether they are cross-dimensional. Um, all those things are very interesting to me. I think this could could be a whole other show too. So, um, you, lots like, of good. Could you write down some of these questions? Because I'm not going to remember cross dimensional and all this other stuff. Sure. I believe they are. I got immediate validation that they are. I mean, they're multi dimensional. They're right. Um, way beyond what we as humans can even filter into our you know, brains. What they're right. what they truly are. Yeah, but, I think Jim had even touched on that in, in past shows that um, they are able to pass through time and space and into other uh, realities that we can't even conceive of. So that's I'm very interested in those those topics too. Well, interesting well it sounds I, like I was once told by a teacher that the reason we take on physical bodies is so that we can have time and space. Oh, wow! So you can get anchored for. Exactly. For a time. I love that. That is something. That is profound. Yeah. Um, I do think we could make a 
expansion of this show into multidimensionality or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Um, when well, we, we learn have, more. We have 10 seconds left, so let me just thank all, right. all our Go listeners ahead. and viewers uh, who listen to us on uh, Blog Talk Radio or watch this live streaming. Um, we definitely enjoyed hearing from you. Our next show is Thursday, February 10th at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, please reach out to us at um, radio show at ladyfontaine.com for more information. Thank you so much and good night. Good night. Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste.